You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the Tales of the City. Hey guys, it's Victoria Schaefer, your host of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. Can you believe this New York weather? Earlier this week, my dogs were spending hours at Madison Square Dog Park soaking up the sun with the rest of the Chelsea community. Then on Tuesday, it snowed. Now Echo, Rue, and I are here in Westchester hiking and warming up next to the fire. What a turnaround. I hope we can get to this spring weather soon. Anyway, enough about the weather, because stick around. Up next, I'll be hearing from Babette from the Dawn Animal Agency. Perhaps I can get Echo into show business. Sit and stay. Tales of the City will be right back in two shakes of a, well, tail. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet We're back. I'm your host, Victoria Schaefer of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. I'm here with Babette from the Dawn Animal Agency in New York City. Hi, Babette. I'm so excited to have you. I saw you and your 16 elephants on Letterman years ago. Many, many years ago, yes, we did. <laughs> it was um, a long time. We've done a lot of things for Letterman over the years, so that was one of the biggest. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about the Dawn Animal Agency for people that don't even know that animal agencies exist? Sure. It started in 1959 by my mother and my aunt, and they always rescued animals, and they had to figure a way to support these animals because they were, you know, before it was the proper or politically correct thing to do, they saw an animal in need and they helped it and brought it home. So they had to figure a way to support my sister and myself, who were very young, and these animals. So my aunt had a friend who was a photographer in the city, and he said, I'll give you 50 bucks to bring in a dog. 
This was in 1959, and that's sort of how the business started. It was a difficult road for them because if you think about it, the film and television and everything industry was all male-dominated. So back in the 50s and 60s, it was very unusual for women to have their own company, let alone in that industry. So it was very difficult. But their quality of work and their animals, word of mouth, led to the increase of the size of the company, and uh, we're still here. Wow. So... What is your role in the agency? You are second generation? Second generation. It's a three-generation of women company. My wow. mother, my aunt, my sister, myself, and my niece. How old is your niece? My niece is 27 now, I think. So she's third generation in Third generation, yes, and she's active in it. We also have an animal sanctuary which Dawn supports. That's why we started the company, and that's why we still have the company. On our farm located in Orange County, New York, we have over 600 animals from elephants on down to cockroaches, rats, and mice. 600. Yeah, 600. You guys own all of the animals? We own the animals, yes. A lot of them were donated to us from various situations, such as confiscation by USDA from bad situations. We really don't buy animals except here and there when we see something that needs a home or something that is particular to the business. Most of our animals are rescues. And do you ever get calls about people asking, how do I get my dog into show business? Or all how do all I get the time. Dog? And we use the majority of our own animals, but you can't have everything no matter how big your company is. Because once an animal comes to us, it stays with us for a life. We've never sold an animal and we never will. So if we get a chick for a job, that chick is with us for 15 years until it dies of old age as a chicken. You know, we wow. don't just go and take them to an auction or dump them someplace or whatever. Once they come here, they are permanent residents. So we don't just gratuitously buy and get and sell. So yes, we do have a file in the office that we keep of all the people that call us and say, we have such and such, because sometimes we've got a call for Spike Lee once they wanted 25 black poodles. Now, oh we don't God. have 25 black poodles. You know, right. we never will have 25 black poodles. But we contacted all the people we knew, people that contacted us, and uh, we were able to put it together. Granted, not all of them were black, so we chalked some of them. So Some of them were like white or cream, so we chalked them to make them black, so it was a messy job. But oh uh, the, color, the color rinsed right out, of course, is non-toxic and very safe to animals. But uh, we rented animals from private people, and they all right. came with their animals, and we went with them, and everything was very good. And what do you find that people's intentions are when they call you trying to get their animals into show business? Well, a lot of times it's that people have been walking down the street and someone goes, oh, your dog is so cute, your cat is so cute, your cat has a charming personality, it should be in pictures, or they're taking pictures and videos and see how some animals are very photogenic, some are not, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just depends on the individual, and they see that their animal is photogenic, so they will call us up and say, you know, I'd like to get my animal in the industry, what do I do? And we tell them to send us a picture and or video and give us a description of their animal and its personality quirks, like if it likes water or if it fetches a ball or if, say, it's a cat or, or a ferret or something, it fetches a ball or it stands up to the hind legs or anything it does unusual and any training it has. You know, and we also question them as far as how is it out of its home situation because animals can be great at home, but the moment you take them into a new environment, it's a totally different beast. Right. They can get very introverted or very shy, which is the normal behavior for an animal because it's something new. You need the exceptional animal that loves going places and doing things. So when you sign an animal to your agency, you're just looking for a normal pet who's just friendly and outgoing in public? Or are you looking for specific tricks that they do that you're asked? Well, we're always thrilled if they know something unusual or special, but they all have to have basic obedience. Because you can't go someplace with an animal that doesn't know how to walk on a leash, sit, stay, know its name. That just is not safe for the animal or the person or the people on set. Because if it panics, it has to be comfortable in strange situations 
outgoing and trained. Sometimes they just have to sit and stay. Sometimes they have to wear clothes. Sometimes they have to do a special <laughs> something. And what is the training process like when you're preparing for a job? Like what are things that are out of the norm that you get asked for animals to do? Oh, well, I trained the cat for uh, Sex in the City, the final episode, and the cat had to jump on the bed, take an umbilical cord off the oh, kicking, screaming baby on the bed, had to jump on the bed, pick up the umbilical cord, carry, jump off the bed, carrying the umbilical cord, run out the door and run to the left. Wow. So I had to teach a cat to go fetch, not to be minded by a kicking, screaming baby, and to follow a pattern. So that took about six weeks, and it went very, very smoothly. And, and one of those do you have sort of, training experience, or are well, you I just... Grew, I grew up with it. When you grow up in this family, you had no option but to learn because you're surrounded by it. And mm-hmm. my specialty is cats and horses and birds and things wow. of that nature. Um, those are all different. <laughs> yes, but we all can train pretty much anything. We've all had experience with all different species, rabbits, dogs, chickens, rats. We do, we do a lot of rat work, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Well, we do a lot of rat work for Letterman. We do a lot of rats in movies where we teach them to, to follow a path. And to go A to B, which is very unusual. But if you you have to sort of think like the animal. You can't just say how to, you know you got to think why would an, an animal go A to B? What will make it do it? And with rodents, it's a scent thing. So you've got to figure out what their scent they would follow. And they don't like going in the center of rooms. So you have to work accordingly. So do you do mainly like food motivation training? Uh, not really. No, we do use food. We use affection. We use natural tendencies. Like with the rodents, it's what they would do in nature. They follow a scent path, so that would be what they do. They track the trails down. Cats, most of them work for toys or affection and food, but not everybody's a food animal. My best cats are not food animals. They do it because they like going out working and they enjoy policing me, and it's fun. That's the thing. You have to make it fun. Otherwise, they don't want to do it, and that comes through on the camera. Have you ever had an experience where the animal just does not want to do it in that instant? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why we always bring two and three backups on harder jobs because... Sometimes, just like kids or people, you have a bad day, and you just don't want to do it. And, you know, we get there, and we've all been embarrassed by them because we get there, and they go, you want me to do what, like they've never done it before? So you always have a backup or a second on the harder jobs. We usually bring a backup on every job just for our security. The job gets done, you know, but as I said, just like people, we all have bad days. So you always have to plan for that. Right. And what is your experience with special effects used on your animals? I know, you know, they have animals talking in movies and stuff like that. Right. And that's really done in the CGI department. They just need certain angles of the face. They don't even want the lips to move usually. They just want the the muzzle to stay still. Mm -hmm. The only problems we usually have with large dogs, they get hot and they pant. So we have to cool them down and then bring them back in so they can get the shot with a closed mouth. Oh, I see. But usually they just want a closed mouth they can work off of a constant, you know, of that. When they're panting or whatnot, it's very difficult for them to switch it to something else other than a pant. And with cats and, and other things, it's just the face, the mouth area staying still. And then they work with it with that with the CGI. Would you say dogs are the animals that you're most commonly called for? Truthfully, we've been in the business a long time. We get a lot of dog work. We also get a lot of horse work and a lot of the harder jobs because we've done it for so long that we're recognizing the business as being able to get the harder jobs. Like we just had a job for a new uh, Tina Fey show that's coming out. We had to have a horse running loose in Central Park going A to B. Oh, wow. We have horses that are trained to go A to B. Not very many have that in a crowded city situation, and our horses have done it, and we've had them for years, and we know them very well, and they trust us, so they know us. So it's a very safe thing for us to do, and we just did that for an NBC project. So bringing a horse into New York City from where you said Orange County? Yes. 
what is that like? Like, what's the process? Okay, well, like, first off, what's it's, a, day first it's like? a 70 mile trip. And before we even think of bringing a horse in the city, we need to get permits from the city Department of Health to uh, that okays the, the job. But well, we had a lot of negotiation as far as where the job could be done in Central Park because they're concerned for the health and safety of the city and the people in it. So we have a very close working relationship with the New York Department of Health, and we also work very closely with AHA, which is American Humane, who regulates the safety of all these things for animals because we won't do anything that's not safe for the animal. Mm-hmm. If it's a questionable thing, we investigate it. If it's doable, we'll do it. But if it's not safe in the end result, we won't do it. Uh, it's just not worth it to us because, as I said, that's why we got yeah. into the business. So we're not going to endanger anybody or anything. This sounds altruistic just for money, but that's what it comes down to. Right. Um, like they have child labor laws in the entertainment business. Do they have there's anti- no? There's no labor laws. No labor laws. No. We go in with our own rules. We know the individual animal. We know what they can do. We also say when they need a break. If we can, we know the animals. So we can see if they're getting tired or bored or hot, and we just say they need a break. And whether the they agree with it or not, we take a break because it's in the animal's best health and in the long run, the production's best health, best uh, interest to keep the animal comfortable and happy because they get the job quicker. Have you ever run into problems where the dog or whatever animal you're working with needs to stop? He's been working and he's tired and the director just wants to get the shot, finish the... one more, just one more? Yes, we have, many times. And (laughs) usually when we talk to them and explain to them it's not going to happen, they're very understanding. And if that doesn't work, we go through the AHA connection or we just stop. If it comes down to it, we don't have any backup through AHA, we will stop and say this animal needs a break and we're taking off the set now. And if they say you're fired, so, so be it. That's a good outlet. What is your most outrageous animal that you guys represent? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> or a few. I can't even think of outrageous. I mean, we have an elephant, we have zebra, we have camels. We do the camels at the Christmas show at Radio City every year. We live in the building. We have cockroaches that are fairly well known for their performances. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, so it's, it's all what you consider outrageous. I mean, we have a little right. bit of everything. We have reindeer, we have dogs and cats, of course, wolves, oh my big gosh. cats. Llamas, alpacas, horses, ponies, donkeys, sheep. (laughs) So with all these animals, I guess the routines and how you care for them, it varies drastically. What is your team like, like that help you care for all these animals? in, In all honesty, it's my immediate family plus people we hire. There are farm laborers that help with the maintaining of the daily, like cleaning and feeding and watering. And then we have some trainers that come in that work with us. So they know the animals, the animals know them. But on the majority of jobs, one of the family goes because the animal knows us intimately. And there's always yes. that uh, bond and that connection. And that, that increases the comfort of the animal because they have a familiar face. And we know how they react to things and, and their personality quirks. So that makes it easier for us to read them and see what they need to make it happen. And who is your most famous animal client? Oh, goodness. The, the RCA dog, Nipper. The logo dog for that, that's one of ours, the Nipper and Chipper. We did all the White Horse Scotch posters. For many years, we did the Tom McCann Hush Puppy. We don't do it anymore, but we did. I can't even think what the most famous (laughs) You're all over the place. We've done over 700 feature films. Our first one was Miracle Worker with Patty Duke and and Bancroft. That was the very first film, and we're still doing films from the day one. So it's hard to think of what animal sticks out as the most famous. (laughs) Probably the RCA dog, though, because that's the most seen. Because he's on the boxes, he was on all the ads and shirts and all that other things. Can you tell us like some of the projects that you guys are working on? Can you reveal some? You know, truthfully, Diane in the office says, a cat is needed for this job. This is what the cat has to do. I usually don't even know what it is until I get there. 
Oh, really? Uh, and after all these years, I just want to know who the production people are, if I know if they're nice or not, mm-hmm. and find out what the animal has to do. I truthfully don't even know what we're working on at this moment. Um, <laughs> so we just did the NBC pilot for Tina Fey. I know we're doing a bunch of other stuff because we're always busy, but I can't tell you a thing. What tricks are you working on right now, then? Right now, I'm just teaching, in fact, a couple of days ago for a new commercial for Febreze, we had to have 15 cats sitting on a cat-shaped couch. And oh my God! <laughs> it was on location in people's homes, and it was like remote surprise camera. So we couldn't be in the room. So we had to have these cats on long distance stays, and most animals are trained to stay as long as they can see us. So right. a couple of them broke here and there, but once they got the idea, so we had fifteen cats sitting for about three hours on a couch. So fifteen, I'm guessing those are not all of your cats. No, not all, not at all. But these are cats that have good stays on them, and are they've all been out before and have done jobs. And a couple I brought were not buying into it that day, so they stayed in their holding area uh, because they were like, I'm not doing it today. So I said, okay. But we had the cats in heat with Sandra Bullock and uh, Monty, in fact. He did a main scene that was cut, unfortunately, where he had to run in front of six dogs running downstairs and go A to B and turn around and slap the dogs, which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've, we've done a lot of different things. But as I said, I'm so bad. On, I forget my own. If you don't meow or bark, I don't remember names. So <laughs> like, remem- remembering a project is next to impossible. I'd have to remember my own sometimes, so you know how it is. <laughs> well, very busy. So thank you so much. Get back to all those animals that need caring for and training. <laughs> okay, my pleasure to talk to you. You too. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So that concludes today's show of Tales of the City on Pet Life Radio. But before I say goodbye, you know the drill. It's time for our charitable note of the day. I have a history of dog fostering. When Rue was just a puppy, I fostered three other puppies at once. My dad says we took over the apartment. Though I haven't fostered in a while, I still get emails constantly regarding dogs that need foster homes. There are tons of animal shelters and organizations that bite off more than they can chew. In other words, they take in more animals than they have room for. And can you blame them? How can you say no to an animal in need? Today I got an email from Social Tea's Animal Rescue in New York City looking for 10 foster homes from German Shepherd puppies to adult Chihuahua mixes. They're only asking for a two-week commitment, so if you're interested in adopting, email robert at socialteas.com. Fostering a dog is not only a generous and charitable thing to do, but it can be fun. And if you want to help an animal and you're just not ready to adopt yet, consider fostering. And when you are ready, maybe you can call Babette at the Dawn Animal Agency and she can get your dog to star on a TV show with Tina Fey too. Thanks for listening and tune in next time when I bring you another fun and exciting tale of the city. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.